Welcome to Summer Bays, the unofficial home and away podcast brought to you by Clara Kavanagh, where I take a weekly look at the trials and the tribulations of Australia's most beloved surfer town, Summer Bay. Each week I do a deep dive into the week's events and discuss dilemmas our characters are remarkably good at finding themselves in, like when Leah and Justin lost their life savings to Susie, will they be able to get over it together or apart? Or is Christian or Lewis the angry dude with the furious feud? Get ready to feel closer each day to home and away. Now, before I get started, just to reiterate that this is a no spoiler podcast. I don't look ahead at what's coming up in the show. I don't read anything online. I don't even watch the little 30 seconders at the end of next time on home and away. I don't do that with Home and Away. I don't do it with any TV show I watch. It totally enhances your viewing experience. Try for a week and see. It's amazing. It'll totally change your enjoyment of any kind of show. <laughs> and Summer Bays is on Instagram at Summer Bays Podcast, where I have loads of like funny little reels. Well, I think they're funny of like bits from the show. And we can have fan chats in the DMs. Right, so can things get any worse for Christian Green right now? (laughs) uh, Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. But Christian really seems like he's under Lewis's thumb at the moment. And unfortunately, he shot himself in the foot with this punch-up. So Lewis has kind of angled it that he's undermining him at work. And then he's jostling him and goading him and provoking him then in his personal life. So he's kind of... Christian is cracking from the inside and the outside. And to put it in Lewis's words, Christian, Dr. Christian Green's career is hanging on by thread. And Lewis really seems to be like getting off on this. And the obsessive gossiping and the kind of... Once Christian punched him in the face, he was like really happy about it. He was happy that Christian's life was like falling apart. So it's kind of sick to see and... I feel really sorry for Jasmine because all she wants is just, you know, a relationship with someone, a happy relationship with a familiar person, especially after the death of Robbo. So she's starting to see Lewis's true colours. And then when Jasmine had to pick a side and Lewis was asking her to get off the fence and even her roommates, Irene and Willow, were like, you need to do the right thing. You need to stop playing devil's advocate and... And when she kind of reluctantly backs him because, you know, the bigger picture and everything, especially when when Tory's on Lewis's side. But I just feel like Jasmine is sensing that there's more t- to Lewis's. I, I don't know. Is she getting the ick from Lewis and his him kind of seething hatred towards Christian? Because it does drive a rift. Whatever happens with this, this, the, the, the report that that Lewis has filed, whatever happens with that was going to drive a wedge between between the two couples. And then what does that mean for Jasmine and baby Grace? Like there's a lot to think about. But yeah, it's just, but Christian really just didn't do himself any favours by punching him. It, it Because now it's like not balanced in Christian's favour anymore. You kind of have a reason to think that Christian was a bit of a bad guy in that situation. Like he shouldn't have done that while it's a tough call, Tory can't contone violence as the head of the emergency department. So no matter who it is. So it just seems that Lewis's point is being proven while it's unjust or while even though it doesn't seem like it's true. And 
the fact that these like patients are dying with these weird heart things and, and, and his team is doubting him. It's just not looking great. And I do agree with Jasmine and I can see and I understand like that she was so reluctant to back aside because you're just it's just all adds fuel to the fire and you're kind of officials involved. So calling the episode this week an angry dude and his furious feud. I originally thought of it because one, it rhymes really nicely, but also I was like, oh, it's about Lewis. But then it also could be about Christian. So maybe it actually should be called Angry Dudes and Their Furious Feuds. <laughs> um, because, yeah, it's now elevated to an official level. So, like, yeah, Christian Green's career is not looking good. And imagine if, because Lewis is puppeteering this so well. So imagine that he actually gets what he wants because he's very much in the background because uh, because he's he's saying all the right things to get this massive reaction out of Christians. So, but he's still maintaining like a back seat. It's it's artfully done. I tip my hat to you, Lewis. I really do. I don't know if this was an intentional metaphor. It might be insanely obvious, but I'm going to say it anyway. So with the whole like Susie running out of town, everyone's now left in her wreckage and trying to process what happened and licking their wounds and kind of, you know, re-emerging from what had happened. We have Justin and Leah passive aggressively fighting and really not on the same page. But when Justin gets hit by the wave, is that like they're now in the wake of losing their life savings and being robbed? <laughs> is that a bit of a stretch? Because when, when, sorry, I shouldn't laugh, but when Justin was running into the sea, it was like he was being chased, like pursued by an assailant. And he just grabs the nearest surfboard and just runs to escape Leah and their argument. <laughs> but I think him getting hit by that wave is a, a, a metaphor for the wreckage that Susie has caused they're trying to rebuild their lives because they're a couple that deals with things in very different ways. Justin gets annoyed, angry, very passive aggressive and frustrated that Leah is pouring all her time into the surf club because Leah's the doer and he's not. He kind of wants to spend time with her, but she's just busy in like the accounts and working on it. So it looked like they were coming together, but I did think it needed to be brought up to a head. I don't know if they'll survive that. I'm glad Leah said, like, I blame you because Justin was really pushy over it and kind of left the decision all to Leah, even though it was kind of against her good instinct to go for that private loan. And the way they fight, they actually fight in such an intense way that I kind of was left with the episode today being like, oh my God, can they survive this? Because, like, it would be enough to pull them apart. So, so yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. If, like, I, it would be enough for them to break up. So I really hope they don't. Because when Justin confronted John after he comes back into town with his tail between his legs. And, like, I just feel really sorry for John. Because he's like, I'm a fool. What do you want me to say? I'm a fool. And you just feel really bad for him. Because he just trusted the wrong person. It's so sad. But, oh, my God. I absolutely loved 
well, firstly, I was really happy that John just didn't like skip town and then we never have to deal with the John thing. While it was a suspense, him coming back into town, it did pay off. And I just love how he comes out and none other than Dean Thompson is the one to get him out of the house. And I just love how this is all driven by the fact that Jai wants to go to movie world. And Dean just becomes this upstanding citizen. And the whole car alarm thing, how amazing, just compliments to the continuity there. So Dean is banging on the alarm. And then meanwhile, all the stuff that's going on at the Parada house, even during like deep and meaningfuls between like Chloe and Mia and like Ryder and Nick are practicing for the Maori speech. And you can just hear the car alarm in the background. It's, um, I just was like fair play because I wouldn't have noticed if, if you didn't hear the car alarms. And uh, people didn't really com- comment on it either. It's unbelievable, but just so well thought out. Love it. It was nice the way Dean had helped John to change his perspective on the whole thing. Just like he trusted the wrong person and, you know, you know what you have to do, help them to make it right. And that's like, you know, all you can do. So, so it's cute. But like he's, Susie seemed to have, so the surf club account seemed to be okay, but she's flushed John's, Lee and Justin and the sponsorship money. So, oof, pretty bad. At least the surf club's safe, I suppose. But yeah, not great. And John's apologies, his real tail between the leg apologies in front of Irene and Marilyn was cute. And then are they doing something to like plant the seed between John and and Irene? Like the linking of the arms and she was like, don't worry, let's just move forward and forget about everything. But the linking of the arms, I just was like, what's happening here? Was Susie on to something? I don't know how I feel about this. Right, okay, I'm just going to get an angry rant out of the way and it is about Chloe and Ryder. So firstly, the prank from Nick about the Mary speech to Ari was hilarious. Really did enjoy that. And I was like, it was just really good. And like an innocent prank. It's not like Ari was like mad. Ari's like, you don't need to ask for my permission. It's just funny how they're like calling a truce because it's just such jovial banter. But... I really feel sorry for Bella and Nick because they've just had to, they've been through the ringer with those two. They have had to witness and kind of referee all this fighting. And now they're super intense and super loved up. And it's just really tiring. And all they want to do is spend time on their own. And Chloe and Ryder are going off, but like making the Chloe and Ryder cocktail delight and constantly crashing all their dates like let's double date let's do this the Ryder and Chloe are just so cheesy and crap and annoying they're such a terrible couple I really hate them they're just they're like it what film I couldn't think of when I was googling it earlier there's some film where this annoying couple maybe it's been in like loads of tv shows that's why I can't put my finger on it this annoying couple won't leave one couple alone and it just reminds me that so much it's like are you not like can you not get the hint when Bella stormed out of the pool date and was like, I can't do this. They're like, oh, geez, what's your problem? They're not like self-reflective. They're not self-aware. They're not going, maybe we should give them some space or like spend some time on our own together. They're just like, what's their problem? Like, it's just she's the, the two of them. I didn't think I didn't know Chloe was so annoying, but obviously Ryder kind of brings out this kind of like cookie cutter. Let's do all this fun in inverted commas stuff together and just like the two of them together just like kind of explode yeah they just can't be chill they're just annoying Ugh. 
And like, are they not embarrassed about being so annoying? Like, your friend stormed off. She was so frustrated that you guys crashed the date and couldn't read any signs. <laughs> like, where's your emotional intelligence? Where's your like, oh, sh- oh, they seem like they want to be on their own. They're like, cannon bomb into the pool. Uh, and like, Ryder should know better. He knows Bella. Like, he should be like, okay, yeah, I know my friend. Maybe, you know, we should back off. It's like, no, no, no. Let's be really loud and overbearing and overstaying welcomes. Um, Nick is just so great to Bella. So hopefully they'll just go away together, get some me time. But yeah, like Bella's not used to big bustling families and people being stepping all over your toes and not giving you any space. Ugh. So on to the perfect storm of Mackenzie Booth. So when she finally, I was so relieved when she finally made her decision because it's such a character trait in her to just ostrich her decision. She just doesn't want to talk about it with anyone. She's like, la la la, I'll pretend it's not happening and maybe the decision will be made for me. Bye. Like that's what she does all the time. She did it with Ari when Ari was like, do you love me? And she was like, la la la, I can't answer this. Bye, I don't want to talk about it. So she does do it a lot. But Aziki was quick to remind her, time is running out. You've got a baby inside you. You need to make a decision. And you need to get out of this like paralysis of indecision. You need to, you know, start really thinking about this. So it was the whole Ziggy dancing thing. Surprisingly, good singer uh, makes her realize that she's not ready to give up her freedom and we finally have a decision while she's worried about being judged and it feels great to have made a decision so we're all good like how many times did all of the characters say your body your choice your body your choice so i can understand dean's confliction about the whole thing and the whole driving her to the the clinic and stuff and it's just like you feel kind of he does need to support her sister and i know i rarely say it but ziggy's kind of giving out to him on the pier was I yeah I think that was a good like, like it, it kind of put things into perspective and he definitely needs to worry less about what happened to him and more about what's happening to his sister so I know I never say this but well done Ziggy <laughs> so then when Ziggy goes on the like man rant to Tane and then Tane gets the hump and then they end up in like their first fight I just I suppose I don't know, it's kind of a weird way to have their first fight, but I love it. It's like, how can you make it up for me? Let's go clubbing. I would love nothing more than to go clubbing to make up for a fight. Like, unbelievable. And it's just like, I'd love to be in a club right now. I'm so jealous of them. Like, I take anything right now. I take a 45-minute queue for the bar where the bartender's not, like, looking you in the eye and, like, purposely ignoring you even though you've been there forever. I would love nothing more than to do that tonight. Absolutely gasping for it. So just dangling clubbing in front of my face like this is so rude. But um, I suppose through that little argument that they had, it takes them to like another level of their relationship, which is, I suppose, a byproduct of all the stuff that's going on. But perfect storm. Mac rejects Dean's offer. She fobs off Ziggy to go off to the club. And then, of course, she collapses. So it's just, it's oddly, so the ectopic pregnancy is a funny one now because it leaves Mac in such a weird position where she was going to terminate but now that it's been taken away from her I think that would be a very hard thing to to deal with and get your head around because the choice was nearly no longer yours and yeah but it was a reason to get her in to the hospital and of course Mia is there with her beady little eyes 
looking around all confused and startled all the time and she finds out anyway what's gone on. I don't understand why they couldn't have lied a bit more. And like if they could have been like, oh yeah, she's just in for like, oh, I suppose then Ari would have come looking for her in the hospital. But like as if Mia's going to keep this under her hat, especially when Ari's like, let's start, not start off this new chapter with secrets. So I can't see, oh, like I just feel like Mia is so, especially after the, the dressing down Mia got by, <laughs> Mia got by Mac in, in the hospital room. I really don't think she has any loyalties now to Mac. So I don't think she would, I can't imagine she wouldn't keep that from Ari. So I think they've just maybe bought themselves a bit of time. I, but like, I don't really know why. So it was nice of Mia to go into the hospital room and visit Mac. But I don't really know why she thought that there could be a closeness there because it's why would Mackenzie want to be friends with you? And I know that they can they have something in common in that or like they, they have a, a similar understanding of what's going on. But yeah, no, I don't think why would she think that Mackenzie would want to be friends with her? Hey, I effectively stole your boyfriend by simply just turning up on his doorstep and Mackenzie is going through it very differently. She's going through it in heartbreak alone. So Mia had Mia had the support of Ari and they had each other to lean on. If Mac was to take up Mia on the offer, Mia would be talking about how her, her experience is with who Mackenzie can't have. So why would that ever work? Anyway, sorry, I will say some nice things about Mia. The, um, the chats that they were, she was, the very intense chats that she was having with Ari at the hospital about their little boy Cody were kind of sad and and uh, when she asked like oh if you knew what was going to happen would you still have chosen me like that was lovely and tender moments uh, but yeah look I'm just there's such a new couple I'm just not invested she's just swooped in and changed storylines so I'm I'm just naturally going to be a bit resistant so yeah I think it's going to take me a while to warm up to to Mia but um but yeah, who knows how long she will keep shtum. Radio. well that about wraps it up for me this week. If you like what you hear, I would love if you could rate, review and or subscribe to Summer Bays, but no pressure. If you want to get in touch, get me on Instagram at Summer Bays Podcast. G'day, and I'll talk to you next week.